We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Drew McClellan. Drew has worked in advertising for over 30 years, and he has started his own agency, McClellan Marketing Group, in 1995 after a five-year stint at YNR and still actively runs his agency. He also owns and runs Agency Management Institute, which serves over 250 agencies, small to mid-size, covering advertising, digital, marketing, media, and PR. He helps them increase their AGI, attract better clients and employees, mitigate the risks of being self-employed in such a volatile business, and best of all, letting the agency owner actually enjoy the perks of agency ownership. Drew often appears in publications like Entrepreneur Magazine, New York Times, Washington Post, Agency Post, Ad Age, CNN, Business Week, and many others. The Wall Street Journal calls him one of 10 bloggers every entrepreneur should read. Drew, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be here too. This is officially my first podcast that I'm recording at home. So it'll be interesting. <laughs> it is a new world for all of us and hopefully a very temporary one. I, that's what I keep saying, our, our temporary arrangements, not, the, yep. not yep. the new normal. Whenever anyone says that, I, I pause and say. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Yep. All right. So um, running your own agency and, and running Agency Management Institute, can you share how running your own marketing agency transition to the success in helping you advise other agency owners? Yeah, um, so I started my own agency like most uh, agency owners do, um, kind of by the seat of my pants. I was, what I say is the perfect age, uh, I was 30 years old, so I was the perfect combination of arrogant and ignorant. I had no idea how hard it would be, and so I just, without any fear, leaped into the unknown. And then very quickly learned how hard it was to run any business. Uh, and so very early on, I found an organization that acknowledged that most agency owners uh, were accidental business owners. And so I learned a ton from that organization, completely changed the way I ran my own agency and stayed a member of that organization for many years. So fast forward to about 15 years ago, uh, the guy who started that organization was ready to retire. And he said, um, I think you're the guy. And I said, I don't know what you're talking about. He said, I think... Uh, I think you should buy this business for me and you should advise agencies. You've figured out how to do it for yourself. You are, even in your own meetings, you're teaching and coaching. I think you're born to do this. And so after about a two hour discussion with him and about a year of ruminating over it, I ended up buying the business. And now I split my time, about 25% of my time is spent running my own agency and about 75% of my time is spent running Agency Management Institute, where I coach agencies all over the world um, on how to, how to run the business of their business better. I don't teach them how to do advertising or marketing. I teach them things like 
how to look at your P&L and know if you're making money and can you actually afford a new employee and how do you get other people to buy your services, that sort of thing. Yeah, that's great. And um, we've, we've obviously known each other for many years and I love the resources and advice that you share. So thank you for your, your dedication to all of us small agency owners. It's my pleasure. It's, uh, it makes me happy to do the work. One of the things that I think you've done very well is really built a sense of community around the agency um, owner space. Can you share any tips or best practices for just community um, building a community in general? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, you know, there's so much buzz and talk around building a community of your customers and all of that. But what people don't really talk about is you actually have to like those people. And <laughs> I, I would argue that you actually have to love them. Um, and if you love them well, and you create an environment where they feel safe, and you encourage them to be kind and generous to one another, and you don't tolerate any other kind of behavior, um, it's easy for that. It's easy to create a, a place where people want to come together because there aren't a lot of places in the world where you do feel heard and understood and cared about and that it's safe to talk about the things that are hard or scary. And so I think if you create, if you genuinely create that space for the right reasons, um, which again, I believe are because you actually love these people, um, then, then they gather and then they create it to be something far bigger than what you could have ever created, which is certainly what's happened in the community that I started. Um, you know, I, I certainly planted the first seeds, but I'm not, I'm not the one flourishing it now. And now it happens without, without my influence because you've, you've all found each other, you found your people and I'm just the conduit to that. Well, you've done a good job. It's great tips that you shared. And I love the the love part of this, that you have to be genuinely invested and passionate about the, the community that you're building. Yeah, I think people are pretty smart and I think they can sense when you're doing something for your own financial gain. And um, that doesn't feel awesome or safe. So um, I think they shy away from that. Mm -hmm. So in today's crazy world, I see a lot of people definitely pivoting their business and um, a number of people tr jumping on the bandwagon of, you know, I'm going to help you with your social media and your marketing content. So other than money, what advice would you share as far as some of the biggest hurdles to starting your own digital agency or just agency in general? Well, I think the challenge is it's a, it's a very crowded space. And so if, um, if you don't do something differently, and if you don't have a depth of expertise around something, whether it is, um, a certain audience, a certain industry, whatever it may be, uh, it's it's pretty easy to get sort of swept up in the sea of sameness and look just like everybody else. And so that makes selling much harder because if they can't differentiate between you and the other guy, then the only thing they care about is that you're a little cheaper. And that is not the way to start any business. I agree. Um, all right, Drew. So the goal of the show is to really help alleviate any fears that someone has when they hear that word networking. So can you help our listeners remove those fears by sharing one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Yeah, I, I, I think we have given the word networking a terrible reputation, which is I'm really out just shaking people's hands and collecting business cards so I can sell you stuff later. Um, and I, and I think if you look at it differently and you say, I have, 
all of these resources that it doesn't cost me a dime to share, whether it's introductions or connections or things that I know. And my job is anytime I go into a professional or personal environment where I'm going to meet new people, my job is just to share as freely as I can and to help as many people as I can in that window of time with no expectation of an ROI on that. And yet beautifully and brilliantly, there's always an ROI. And so for me, every networking opportunity is I just look for ways to help. I just, I ask as many questions as I can. You know, the most, the most interesting person at any event is the person who asked you to keep talking about yourself, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I just go into all of those events thinking, all right, I'm going to learn as much as I can about these people and I'm going to see how I can help. And it always, it always benefits me in the end. Always. Fantastic. I agree. And just showing interest in the other people is going to be of value. So your network is obviously fairly large. I know you you travel all over the world, literally, and attending conferences, speaking at other conferences and um, helping over 250 agencies. How do you stay in front of and best nurture these relationships that you're creating and establishing? Well, I I think it comes in layers, right? I mean, I think um, professionally, uh, we are um, very content driven. So we're always trying to create content that is relevant and useful to people. So if nothing else at an arm's length, they're hearing or seeing from me, whether it's on a social channel or they get our e-newsletter. So, you know, they're getting a touch from, from me at least once a week. And that's, you know, that's the only way to stay in touch with tens of thousands of people. And then I am, I'm very active in, obviously, in email and on social, and so I try and be very responsive. And then I, um, of the people that are, you know, my clients, my closer constituencies, you know, I, um, I'm a pretty big texter, where, and it's just, it really is as simple as somebody pops into my head and I just send them a text and say, you just popped into my head or everything okay? Are you doing all right? Or I was thinking about the time. And actually one of my favorite things is uh, I've got that time hop application on my uh, app on my phone. Mm -hmm. And every day I flip through it and I always take funny pictures of people doing stupid things. So I just, (laughs) I just text it to them and go, aha, remember this or whatever. Um, And we get to relive that moment and they know I'm thinking about them. So again, I think it, I think it boils down to actually, caring about the people in your network. And, and you cannot give everyone the same level of attention, but you certainly can touch everybody at a certain level so that they know that you're out there. And I try and be super responsive when somebody needs something. So, um, you know, in the midst of all of this uh, coronavirus stuff, you know, I've had a lot of clients who have are facing some really challenging times. So, you know, I'm on the phone at 10 o'clock at night or on Saturday or, you know, whatever, whatever they need, I, I want them to know that I'm available. Mm-hmm. And I know they won't take advantage of it every day. And I know they won't take advantage of it when they're not in crisis, but I sure as heck want them to know that when they are in crisis, I'm around. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well stated. I think just the being genuine about sharing the experiences or reliving the experiences. I thought that was a really good note to share, to just remind people that you're thinking of them or you appreciate and respect them. Yep. What advice would you offer the business professional who's looking to grow their network? 
I sort of feel like you're going to title this Drew McClellan mimics Mr. Rogers, but, um, <laughs> but you know what? I, I, I honestly, if you want to grow your network, help more people. That's, that's as simple as it, as it is, is the more people that you help, the more people, the more accessible you make yourself without someone wondering when you're going to put your hand in their pocket, the more they're going to want to stay near you and be connected to you. And the more they're going to want to return that favor. I mean, there's, there is a human element to when somebody has done you a solid, you sort of feel like you owe them. Mm -hmm. And so they'll be looking for ways consciously and unconsciously to be helpful to you in return. And, and quite honestly, it, it's just a pleasant way to go through life is to be helpful to others. So, you know, I just, I think if you want to grow your network, I think that's step number one. Number two, I think you have to be the one to reach out. So a lot of people wish they had a bigger network or a lot of people wish they knew more people or had more coffees or fill in the blank. Um, but they're waiting for other people to invite them. So you be the inviter. You know, I think it's a great idea. And now is a fine time to do it. You know, reach out to some people that you wish you knew better and invite them to a virtual coffee and get on a Zoom call and have a cup of coffee and chat just like you would in a coffee shop. People are hungry for connection and they're uncomfortable maybe asking to make the connection. So you be the one that reaches out. You be the friendlier, more extroverted one, even if you're not an extrovert. And, and then when you sit down with them, make it really clear that you're not trying to sell them something. You just want to learn a little bit about them and see if there are any ways that you can be helpful in their life. That's great. I love that. Um, helping more people, obviously, but I like the um, taking the initiative to reach out, I think is really important. And, and everyone wants to feel wanted, right? Right. And to some right. extent, it, it's the same thing. And instead of sitting back waiting for others to reach out to you, um, be the one that, that does jump forward and, and initiates the connections. Well, and I think especially if you are someone that people perceive as a busy person, they don't want to, in the air quotes, bother you. Mm -hmm. And so they may not be extending that invitation because they think maybe maybe you're more successful than they are. Maybe you're older than they are. Maybe, whatever, whatever perception they have that you're not as available and that they would be a bother. Well, the way you make that go away is by you extending the invitation. Absolutely. So uh, digital networking or traditional networking, which one do you find more value in? I think... I think as long as you have a, an element of humanity in both, um, I think it's a one-two punch, right? So the reality is for all of us, especially, you know, it used to be that your network was your local business community. Mm -hmm. um, but today, most people's network expands far beyond the geographic region that they live in. And so you can't physically have traditional analog contact with everyone in your network. There's just no way. So I think it's a combination of both. And so I, again, I think of it as, think of it like a target and on the outer rings of the target are sort of your digital, maybe it's, you know, maybe it's content and it's uh, sharing your own personal stories and social channels. So people connect with you because they're laughing about something your dog did or whatever it may be. Um, and then the next circle in is like digital connections, whether it's text or email or actual social interaction on the channels. And then the next one is actually, you know, God forbid, using your phone like a phone and talking to people on the phone <laughs> or again, video chatting. And then, you know, the inner circle is actually, you know, when when we get to do that again, spending 
FaceTime together physically, but I think it's all of those things. And I, and I think about the people, even the people I'm closest to, you know, I think about even my own daughter. I, uh, I don't send her content because she would find that boring, but, <laughs> uh, but, you know, we're connected on social channels and sometimes we chat there and we certainly text back and forth and we talk on the phone and we spend time together. So even in, in the most intimate of our personal relationships, we use all of those channels. So why wouldn't we do the same in our business relationships? Yeah, I agree. They do intersect and oftentimes professional converts to a personal relationship too. I hope so. I mean, I, th- I think that's, they, you know, they don't, everybody doesn't have to be your best friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't enjoy business very much if I had to keep it all business. Yeah. Right. I agree. Good. Good shares. Okay, here's a fun one. If you could go back to your 20-year-old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Mm. So funny because when I was 20, I, it never would have occurred to me that I would own my own business. I just assumed I would work for someone else because that was what everybody did. Um, I, so I wasn't, I mean, I was, I was an entrepreneur when I was a kid. You know, I mowed lawns and did that kind of thing. But once I went to college and then got my first job, I thought, okay, well, this is it. My job is now to work my way up into the company. Um, And it wasn't until my late twenties, almost like I said, when I was 30, that I jumped out on my own. So I guess what I would have said to my 20 year old self is you don't have to do this for somebody else. You can do this for yourself if you want to. Um, And the rewards are much greater. The risks are greater too. But if you're willing to, if you're willing to bet on yourself, then maybe I would have stepped out earlier. But on on the flip side, I think, well, maybe I needed to work for other people because a lot of how I am as a boss is in direct conflict to my last boss who was a jerk. So maybe I needed to work. Maybe I wouldn't be as good a boss, assuming that I am a good boss. Um, Maybe I wouldn't have be at least as compassionate of a boss if I hadn't had spent a year and a half with him first. So maybe things all play the way they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I questioned my own experience on should I have worked for someone else, you know, one other agency uh, before starting my business just to have a different perspective on, on how to do things. Um, well, but that's also why you found a peer group where you surround yourself by other agency owners. Mm-hmm. So you get to benefit from how they do it mm-hmm. while you're doing it your own way. So it's sort of the best of both. Yep. Yeah, yeah I agree. All right. So uh, I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and give you an opportunity to interview me. What is something you'd like to ask me? When you think about the people that have influenced your career and your professional choices, What's the best piece of advice you ever got? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, I've gotten lots of good advice. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that I don't have to do it alone. And, and that's where, again, as you referenced the peer group, there's been a lot of value in realizing that others want to help out. And as much as I may be stubborn at times and want to figure it out on my own. That what? You be stubborn? <laughs> It's once I, it finally dawned on me that it, it's okay to ask for help and that people will actually step up to the plate and, and want to be a resource that definitely changed my mind and kind of, you know, I'm thinking of the, you know, the big cloud exploding above the head, the mind blown, Yeah, right, <laughs> you know, like, right. Oh, it, it makes sense now. So yeah, I think um, anyone and everyone, regardless if you're a business owner or 
or you know working for someone people want to help and i think that's important to know yeah i think we all need i think we all need peers to learn from and what i love about peer groups is regardless of how much experience you have and a peer group could be a networking group it could be a group of business owners that get together for beer once a week it doesn't matter what the format is but regardless of who has more experience or who's older or younger you get to show up and both teach and learn. And I love that sort of 360 experience of acknowledging that we all have stuff to teach and we all have stuff to learn. Nice. I like that a lot. Any final word or advice to offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? I think, I think work and our careers, whether you're an entrepreneur or you're an employee or you're a leader in an organization, I think it's lonelier than we acknowledge. And I think if you can be someone who makes it less lonely for other people and make them feel to your point that they are really aren't doing this alone and that they have someone that'll just listen or offer some counsel or some perspective, I think that's an amazing gift to give to your network. And I think if you do that with, with genuine affection and authenticity you will get back more than whatever you give. And I think you make everybody else's world a better place. And so at the end of the day, I think that's, that's a, that's time well spent. I love that. And I think right now in our crazy world, it's probably more important than ever to help people feel less lonely. Yeah. You know, I, I'm old enough that I was working during nine 11 and certainly during the last recession. And, you know, when we go through, big moments as a country or as a world, or even personally, like I I reflect on the season right after I lost, you know, either of my parents, you sort of commit to that you're going to be different and you're going to be more this or that or less this or that. And I hope as we come out of this virus crisis that we can remember some of those things we commit to for a little longer than we have in the past, that we can be kinder and we can be we can offer our hand, even if somebody else's hand isn't out and literally and figuratively, it'll be nice to be able to do that again. Um, but we just can recognize that we have this amazing power to change the world. And, and a lot of that is just about being the one who imagines how it could be better and how we could be helpful in that and being as open to other people and possibilities as we can be. Love it. Fantastic. Very well stated. Drew, if anyone is interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way they can reach you? Uh, I'm Drew McClellan on pretty much every uh, social media channel and McClellan is with just one C, so M-C-L-E-L-L-A-N. Or they can go over to agencymanagementinstitute.com and they can uh, ping me from there too. So happy to hear from anybody and be as helpful as I can be. Fantastic. We will include all of that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Lots of fun. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Drew McClellan for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, join our Facebook group. Just go to facebook.com and search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, We'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. 
Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.